0: inviting, pretty exciting, pretty ah, oh, the fire of God—you just can't beat it, can't beat it. I'll tell you. Um, I'm just gonna put that down there. I don't need any extra juice this morning. <laughs> a Mountain Dew, anyway. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, coming into this, I—you know—we take a month or or a, a week, I guess. Seems like I prepare for months, but anyway um, You know, just like any of us that had ever spoke, you know, you kind of come like, God, what are you saying? What, what do you want me to tell them today? And you know, the thing in my prayer and in my spirit, I kept hearing, "I am the great I am." That's all you have to tell them. And I'm like, okay, God, well, that's really uh, one one sentence. I'm done, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, where are you going with that? And I, you know, and so then I begin listening to the sermons of of who the great I am is. And, and, you know, it really opens your eyes when you just sit and just meditate on that very word. I am the great I am. He needs no explanation from us. He needs nothing from us. Like, I'm like, just like in awe. I'm like, okay, God, we make things so difficult. We, we sometimes seem to get that complexity, which don't need to be complex. He said, I am the great I am because I am. There is no other question, there's no other answer. And I think as, as humans, as young Christians, we or even mature Christians, we, we want to have all the words and we wanna we wanna do all the right things in an order, but when God speaks, guess what? There's no order and he's gonna speak to us this morning and I you know when I came here and prepared last night just by myself, just praying, I believe the fire of God is just gonna fall in this place today over each one of you and I don't know if it's Whoever's here, whoever needs to hear it, but I, God's calling out a Moses this morning. And I, and, and I don't know who you are, and God only knows that, but I, I'm just going to tell you, he told me last night that, you know what, as you're preparing, I'm preparing someone that's coming here today. They didn't get out of bed and change their clothes just to come to church, to New Mine, Pennsylvania, okay? So with that said, we're going to start in Moses, it's Exodus 3, Um and I'm sorry. I I'm going to the eye doctor this week. I need bifocals. <laughs> oh my gosh! I had I, just a funny thing real quick. I got a new cell phone because I ran mine over with the trailer and the truck. I was trying to do a good deed like a month ago. And I kept the box. My Apple phone. I kept the box. And I'm, he's like, "Well, what's the serial number?" And I'm like, "I'm like, oh my god, I cannot read this." And I'm like, "It's the and I'm like, "I'm like, hold on, him." And I put put the you know regular phone on mute. And I go. Dude, can we read this number for me? I'm like, I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot see that. And, you know, uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So anyways, forgive me, I got to wear these glasses because I can't see either. And let me see what I do. Is my phone back there? Yeah. Oh, I'm like, where's my phone? Okay, so i was so excited with worship. I didn't even know where my phone was. Maybe we need to pe- pe- people like that and put our phone down for Facebook. We're going to actually, um, we'll talk about that here. Um, but we're going we're gonna to start in Exodus 3. Um, this is Moses in the burning bush, which many of you know this story. Um, going back to, you know, when my kids were little, and I remember Susie in Kids Church, she, she always did fun things, and they made, made a flame, and, and, you know, when they all did that, and they made it out of paper, and, the, you know, it was... And I remember some of those things and it, that, that my kids did, that they were just... They're realistic, but they really mean something. And you know what? When you have a kid's heart and you see that little craft or that little thing, that little flame, that burning bush, it really sets, um, you know, a, a thought process into effect. So many of you already know um, the story of Moses. So we won't go into great detail, but I'm going to read through verse 15, and then we'll be talking about it throughout. What I what I felt led to share this morning. So so in Exodus 3, Moses in the burning bush, it says in chapter 1, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There was an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, but it, it, it did not burn up. So if you can think of a burning bush and you're like the middle of it's burning and nothing else is, is burning and it doesn't, you know, turn to ash or rubble, um, you know, as we're, we're thinking of that, um, I could picture that in my mind. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, you look over, you, you turn to side, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. You know, how do we see those things of God? You know, when we see a burning bush, are we going to turn aside? And, and that's what God wants us to see this morning. Are we going to turn aside from our, our normal ways? Are we going to be able to see that burning bush that, that gets our attention? Um, and so we're going we're gonna to finish reading down through chapter 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. So he answered the Lord. He said, here I am. And, and, um, and all this, do, and, and God told him, don't come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. You got to understand when they said, take off your sandals, that that ground was holy. So the bottom of your sandals is typically dirty. You know, they're tending flock. They're in different, maybe feces or, or dirt. That, the bottom of their sandals is, is dirty. It's, it's unclean. But God said, take off your sandals for this is holy ground that you're standing on. He said, I am the God your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into the good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezrites, Havites, and Jebusites. Sorry about that. I did the best I could on those. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring these Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that this is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And that's what we're going to talk about today, that who is God? Who Who is this great I am? You know, um, this is, and that's what he told him to say. I am has sent me to you. And, and then in 15, God says, also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Um Uh, You know, so who are we going to say, you know, commission me? I'm going to tell that the anointing, God has a purpose. In God's response to Moses, it didn't seem like it would have brought more confusion. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, if you see this bush. and I mean, I try to put myself in those shoes. I mean, which, gosh, I'm not, you know, obviously in the story. but, But if you think of that, you are Moses. You could be in that story. I mean... Um, but the thing is is um, sometimes wait a minute here I'm getting I gotta get these glasses I can't see Okay, um, understandings like it, it would have brought more difficult challenge but if you're sure a word but what Moses didn't understand what that God was willing to define himself or create a boundary around who and what he was but that Moses if he agreed to follow and if he agreed to go he would find that God was more than enough so God refused to limit his his definition you know sometimes I think we limit God in what we think you know what we do um you know how many of us can and can say this morning you know do you believe God can do powerful miraculous things do you believe that this morning do you believe that he is the great I am do you believe that this morning? If you would believe that God has a plan for your life, if, if the great I am and the God Almighty we just sang about in every song um, this morning, want, he wants to do something in your life, perhaps we can, we can get through this today and take a leap of faith this morning. But it's going to take you knowing that, hey, you know what? we got to know God first. got to know God first before we can even know who we are in Christ. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, we, uh, I think in this day in society, you know, we are tasked with the responsibility of knowing who God is. We need to, to go out into this world in this great commission. Who will you say he is? You know, when you describe somebody, I do this to Rob all the time. I say, do you remember them? They used to be this person at basketball, and they used to run PTO, and they used to do this, and they, remember, you know them. I say this to him all the time, and he goes, I have no idea who you're talking about. And I'm like, really, you do? You do know them? Like, I mean, you know, so, like, obviously, I know them, and and I know he knows them, but he can't remember people's names, so if he ever does that to you, forgive him, because he really just does not remember Um, people's name (laughs) Um, but the thing is is who could we if someone said who is your God how would we respond think of that this morning what would your answer be what would your answer be and that's where we're going today I want you to start thinking like who is your God who is this most powerful God who who created the heavens and the earth who redeemed you from the pit of hell who gave you life that you can live eternally? who is this God? Do we know this God? like who are you gonna if somebody came up to you on the street and I think of this, actually I was kind of laughing you know when I was kind of reading through some of this and I added stuff and took stuff out and blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, oh, I could be like not to Fox News, you know I don't agree with all their stuff, so it's not about that, but you know they go around and they ask the people on the streets they say who who is you know who and so the but if I went around in the neighborhood or said, hey, can you tell me who your God is? Would you have an answer? You know, this day and age, we need to know who we are in Christ and what we are set apart to do for his great commission. So we, um, so we know their God. Uh, their God shall be strong and do exploits. And then right here, I just wanted to tell you what kind of exploits means. In, in the English here, it says it's a work of re- redemption Redeeming, saving, reaching, calling, preaching, teaching, redemption. It, it, it's, a, it's a hard work. I mean, we're to go out of these walls at, these, at any church. We are the church outside these walls. So we need to know who we are in Christ first. We can't go out and profess the name of Jesus if we don't know the name of Jesus, if we don't know who he is, who we serve. Okay? So, But it's a work, and it's, it's coming The harvest is coming, and we need to get, you know, it's a difficult task. Nobody wants to maybe stand up here. You know, honestly, I don't mind talking to people, but I don't know. Being on Facebook, not really. But anyways, I'm just saying, but it's such rewarding work to redeem the purchase, and God has called us in this very day and age to do the work of redemption. We know their God, or our God, shall be strong and do exploits to do those things now that the challenge is that we can't like sometimes we get the cause and effect in a in a different order you know we got to do them in a in a godly order and rob always tells me that i do stuff out of order well i do stuff out of order <laughs> sometimes just not knowing the right order um but but the heart and the intentions good about mowing like lines in the grass and and I'm a powerful weed eater person, so he, um, he always tells me that. Um, but, anyways, I'm just, but, any <laughs> anyways, but with that being said, he always says, even to the kids, you know, they do yard work, don't take the shortcuts. Don't take the shortcuts. How many times do we do a task and we, we, we think of something shorter to get it done, to get it over with, because we're like, okay, this is boring. Oh, my kids say that. Jude's laughing back there. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he wants to hurry up and buzz through it and get it done because, because he want, you know, he figures out a shortcut. But the thing is, is we can't take a shortcut with God. You know, we can't get there until you first make the stop at knowledge of God first. We got to acknowledge God. You've got to know God. The people that know God will be strong and be able to do those things in greatness. There's no shortcut around the knowledge of God. You can't circumvent the process. And that's what Rob always says. Um, spending time with God's presence. You can't step around the fact you've got to spend more time in prayer and fasting. How many times do we fast? How many times are we hungry for the word of God or for things in our lives to be changed? You know, and, and really, um, you, you can't um, step around the idea you've got to be in God's word. You can't just say, well, I want to be strong and do those things but you're not feeding yourself the Word of God. You're not feeding yourself the truth. You're not asking God. It's not out of our strength we do anything. It's all out of God's strength that we can do all things, right? Right, exactly. And, and you know, the thing is, is a lot of times, I don't want you to, you know, get this confused, that faith without works is dead, is dead. We cannot do anything if we don't have faith in God to do it, Right? Exactly. So God said to the people, do those activities, the people um, that get to be a part of this, you know, the group, to know God. In order to do that, we've got to know God that presents the unique challenges. We live in a culture, a society, where social is the norm. You, know, you can look, um, it's dictated by data. It shows no distance, but it comes with instant delivery. And the benefit comes at no cost of intimacy. You know, we, I, I thought of a, uh, you know, uh, a great example of this is, you know, relationships now, today, I mean, I look at Rob and I's relationship going way back, and Lisa can contend all the people in our age group, we didn't have cell phones. Guess what? You had to spend time with them people and call them on the phone and actually take time to like, you know, you could not be doing two or three things and be on your phone, you know, and you actually enjoyed spending time with them. You got to know them. You got to know what they were like, what their demeanor was like. When they were talking to you, you knew that they were either mad at you, they were loving to you, they were accepting of you. On the internet, you know, you could write to somebody, and you know what, it's taken the wrong way. It's taken way out of contact. But we're a society that we need, that it shouldn't be our norm as Christians. Our norm should be, you know... um if if you look, you know even on Facebook. I mean, and I'm guilty of this. I am not standing here saying that I don't look at Facebook. And and um, there's people that I haven't seen or heard, but I bet you I could tell you what they had for breakfast, what they did yesterday, how many kids they have, how long they've been married, how, how who they're dating now. You know you know what I mean. You know their whole life by reading a Facebook post. And then you look at their their profile, like if you want to know anything, what they like, where they've been, what music, I mean, it's amazing how much you can learn about somebody on that social media, you know. And I think, you know, it, it, it's its a detriment. It's a detriment. It's a distraction from God. You know, instead of, I thought to myself, you know, maybe that's going to be one of my things that maybe, you know, I limit that. You know, I could care less what goes on around me in the world. I really don't. And I don't know, you know, sometimes I think we get in that rut. We get in that pit. But boy, if we just had a Facebook that just had the Holy Bible, where we're just opening that, clicking that Facebook button, here comes the Holy Bible. Here comes the scriptures. Here comes what God's telling us today, instead of what the world's, you know, distorting. So that takes away so much intimacy, relationships, different things. And I use that just because it's it's day and age. It's today. It's in our face. You know? And I was grateful when my kids grew up, they didn't have cell phones till 7th grade, so I felt like I was able to mold them in elementary school. Now these kids are getting phones in 2nd grade. You know? I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm sure I'll have something to say when I have grandkids. I don't know. (laughs) It's easier when you're kind of looking in instead of doing it, I think, but we'll see how that goes. I don't know. Some of us are already in that, and I it's, it's it's probably I don't know something, but um, but sometimes we get too involved in the things that isn't going to grow us in the Lord. You know, we want to have that intimacy, that prayer, that fasting, and and those things rob us of that. Um. I mean, even with Instagram, same thing. There's so many platforms now that just it just takes away. Um, if we're not um excuse me hold on a second um if we're not careful too sometimes do you know i think you know if you it's easy to say oh i follow that pastor i follow that pastor i go to church every week we can be distorted with social media as well you know what i got news for you and i was when i was praying about this sermon i said god you know what I think sometimes just because we're friends with a Christian friend or somebody that's read the Bible, that's very knowledgeable in the Bible, guess what? They're not getting us to heaven. They're not our ticket to heaven. They may be your best friend on Facebook. You might have grown up with them. You might go to church every week. That's not your ticket to heaven through your friend. You know, they can be, they can be that uh, foundation, that, that, that word of knowledge to speak into your life. That ain't going to get you there. It isn't going to get you there. Someone else's faith and salvation does not get you to heaven. Eternal life is what I put. The only way is a personal relationship. That's that intimacy, that prayer, that fasting, that warring, that, that eagerness to know who God is. Um, so you can't rely on that. You know, We're missing out when we're not connecting with God. Um, it's the greatest opportunity that God could ever present because God's not nearly as interested about who I know. It's not a popularity thing. God cares less who I know. It does not matter to him. He wants to know if I know him and what my relationship is with him. Um, I know God says I can bring strength. He can bring strength into my life. I can bring authority into my life through him. He brings power into my life. God can direct my path, life on a path of purpose. He has for me, but I can't do it if I don't know him. Our quest is to know God through prayer and fasting, and we need to, honestly, there's a call for that. Now more than ever is we should corporately be fasting, even, or yourself. Because fasting is, is when, when they describe fasting, because when, when you fast, you begin to deny yourself. When you begin to deny this flesh that, that wants all the attention, this flesh that wants all of its own purposes attended to flesh, set that its own plan. It has its own plan, your flesh. Um, it's your own desire. But when we attend to that, that we don't veer off the plan that God has for us. But when we get to know God, we sacrifice our flesh. That is a part of us that begins to hunger, hunger, uh, you know, on the natural, you know, you can go to the grocery store and they always say, don't ever go to the grocery store when you're hungry because that's true. You buy everything there. Uh, uh, that's why that, that pickup is very good, <laughs> you know, the grocery pickup so you don't go in there and eat it, you know, because everything looks good, you know, um, and, and that's the way of the world, you know, everything looks good from the outside, but, you know, that is empty, that will get you nowhere. That's emptiness. There's loneliness. There's deceit. You know, so many things that we rely on today, it doesn't come from God, and it's empty. There's people in this world that are so depressed and anxiety and stricken by the things of this world because we have veered off, that we have not sacrificed ourselves to God. He says that he'll do all things, give us all things, But we need to sacrifice us. We need to die to our flesh. Um, So, uh, let me see where I'm at. Um, But we need to hunger for the holiness of God. There's a part of us that begins to hunger for the greatness of God and will not be satisfied until we get a hold of that. that. That throne that gets us to hold his hand, gets our ear tuned to his voice. We will not be satisfied in the place and the moments we get to know God We get to know him in his power. We get to know him in fellowship of his suffering. We get to know God on the mountaintop places, but there's some valley places that we feel his hand. To hear his voice like we never heard before, it's in those seasons that God allows us to know him. There's this hunger in our church family. I don't know if you've been noticing, but the last couple months of church, being here in the presence of the Lord, in worship, in, in sermon, there's there's something brewing in the spirit that God is moving. And, and when I was here last night praying for the service, I felt a fire of God just release in this place. I couldn't even move. I stood here in awe of the Lord last night. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I mean, kind of zoned out for a minute. Like, I didn't even really know kind of where I was. But I was in the presence of God. Because you know what? All those things and anxieties and fears, they fell off. When you're in the presence of the God that we serve, those things go away. They're they're no no longer that number one feed on Facebook or that number one thing on your mind. Those things fade away in the presence of the Lord. And that's where I want to be. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. I want to be in that place. Even if it was a moment, I want to see, I want to have those burning bush encounters. I want God to say, hey, I'm over here. Wake up. Wake up. You know? But we need to turn aside from those things. That means turn away from our worldly things and turn to God. You know, we need to make that that conscious effort. And sometimes it takes you moving your foot and turning to God. When he's saying move, we got to move. We got to move. And you know, in those seasons of dryness, he's there. He's in the valley when you're struggling. You know, and um, we need to begin to declare who God is and what God is. That comes rooted not just from the lyrics in our songs that we sing. It isn't just part of something we sing because we've enjoyed it. And I'll tell you, a lot of times, um, you know, God speaks through worship. A lot of those worship songs, I think some people think that we just come up here and sing songs. But those songs are all scriptural. If you break down a song, there is a scripture in there. That is the word of God you're singing. You are declaring that. You don't even maybe realize what you are declaring. Um, but you begin to sing the song because there's something in us. that begins to realize that he is mighty. God is an awesome God, and he is greater. We read in the word all of a sudden something flooded into our spirits in, this, in that season of loneliness. We got to know that he was a friend, and he says in the Bible that he sticks closer than a brother. In the season of weakness, we felt strength come. We can't walk by ourselves. We could, but you're not going to reap what God has for you. But we got in his presence, and all of a sudden, there was a spring in our step. You know, when, when you have the Lord, there's a spring in your step. You begin to stand up, and you are not going to fall, Right? You, you begin to war. You begin to rise up in the spirit of the Lord. You know, your shoulders go back. You begin to declare, would I know God a little bit better than I did a while ago? Why in this season of intimacy we get to know, and when we get to know our God, it allows us to walk through some difficult passages. God allows us to walk some of those difficult trials because where's he at in the midst of the trial? He tells us, I will be with you. He will be with you in that valley. He is with you when you're walking on the high. When you're in the low, he's there. He never leaves us. He says in that the last song, "I," you know, he will not forsake you. You know, um, trials come in our life. He's trying to destroy me. No, he's trying to bring you closer, closer to him. So you, because you know what? When we don't have to rely on the Lord, it's easy not to pray. It's easy to skip, you know, prayer time or fasting or worshiping. It's easy to do that when things are going good. But my gosh, when something goes bad and Facebook lights up, pray. Can you pray for so-and-so? Can you pray for so-and-so? And I honestly can say when I see that, I, I take a moment and pray right then so I don't, you know, miss. I don't know what's going on in any situation, but God knows you know, but he's in the midst of every battle, and you know the question for you this morning, will you fall or will you stand? God says that stand in in the battle. Put on your armor. You know, we've gone over that before. Pastor Steve just, he did that (laughs) sermon not too long ago, putting on the armor. It's your battle plan, you know, but it says when everything else fails, guess what he tells you to do in the end of that verse? Will you fall? But he's telling you, God says, to stand. Stand firm in my word. Stand there and say, God, you know what? I know that you are with me. You are for me. You are not against me. Those things will come to pass. But we can't fall. We can't sit down. We can't say. So we need to know, are you hungry this morning for God, for what he has for us? Are we going to just be comfortable sitting here at at New Hope. No, we are a people of God that God said this church was set apart. Not that any other church is not either. They they have prophetic words as well. And I and I pray for every church to be filled in this valley. It's not about just one church, okay? But I'm just saying when God sets out, but we need to be know him. We need to be ready. God wants to to know us. He wants us to to know him. God knows already. He knows everything when the scripture speaks about God and what we know. But, you know, we know that uh, they' got—oh, my gosh. Hold on a second. <laughs> I can't read my own chicken scratch here. Um, you know, when we talk about the word of God, it comes from the root word meaning kingsman or family— The word pictured, it gives us a picture of someone laying down beside another. I'll just tell you right now, you know, there's a few people in your life that are going to lay beside you, that are going to come with you, along with you during those trials that you face. And that's called a church. That's called a family of God. And I'll tell you, honestly, the years I've been a Christian... I can't imagine walking it out without a family of church, of people believing and praying. You need a church. You need your God. And we need each other. This morning, I just want, want you to think of that, that as we're talking about intimacy, that that's what God draws us to know him more. It speaks about the sense of safety, the sense of loyalty, but it doesn't speak to us very much about running straight speaks about quiet times God makes us to lie down in green pastures where God restores our soul a place where God allows us in the deep hurt season of life to connect with him to know him and say God you're breaking me you're destroying me there's a part of my life that's being ruined right now but in God his omnipotent self begins to let us know it's not to destroy you It's so that you can know me and that people know me can be strong and do things, exploits, he says, which we already went over what that meant. You feel so weak in those moments, and those moments of weakness is replaced by strength of the Lord that you did not know on your own in those weakened states, no one else around you, and you think I've been left alone and nobody cares about me. God allowed that season in your life because if people weren't around you to listen to their voice and God wants to hear, he wants you to lay beside him. He wants to comfort you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to erase people in your life that are detrimental. He wants to bring people into your life to come alongside you and see you be the best you can be. In him. He has a plan. He has a purpose for each one of us. They shall know that I am the Lord their God, and they should know that. Um, you know, and and there's different scriptures that'll go on and say, like Isaiah 58, he he said, Seek me daily, delight to know my ways. You know, how many, you know, are we seeking him daily? Are we in the search of for knowledge of God that we can have in our lives? the hunger and the desire to know him in power and authority. Are we ready to take that authority today? That authority that, that Jesus gave you, he gave you the spirit of God that lives in you. You have the power and authority to remove mountains. You have the power and authority to pray for the sick and, and see that they're healed. You have the prayer of faith in you that to lead people to Jesus. Are we ready to do that? Because the Great Commission is here. I'll tell you, there is a time right now that the world is falling apart, but guess what? Our God's not. And he never will. And honestly, and that's what I hold on to when you see the news. I don't even watch it hardly anymore because it's like, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Because you know what? I don't want to be sidetracked. I want to know that God has a plan and a purpose for me, and it's good, not evil, declares the Lord, right? Right? So we need to hold on to those promises of God. We need to seek God. We need to know Him. We need to be rooted in Him. And we do that through prayer, fasting, and we need to, to give um, over to God. We need to quit holding on to the things that keep us back, that hold us back. There's so many things that hold us back, and, and you know, we just get complacent. We get comfortable. You know, it's a time not to be comfortable. We can't be comfortable and do the things of God. That's when God moves is when we step out of the comfort zone. When we turn away, make that physical turning away from that sin, that addiction, that whatever's holding us back. You know, we need to turn away from it. We need, that's in the past. I'm going forward. I'm going to say to the Lord when I see the you know a burning bush encounter, hey, I'm here, I'm here, use me. But God can't use me if I'm dry. God can't use me if I don't even know the word of God, if I don't know who he is, who I am in Christ. Before I even know who I am in Christ, I need to know who he is, (laughs) you know, what he says about me, what he says that he'll do for me, what he'll, you know, we have a commission to do, and it's not just to live this life out, you know. And I, I think sometimes we just get comfortable, oops, comfortable in that. All right, talking with my hands again. Okay, <laughs> um, but we can't be distracted, um, you know. And that's the thing. I mean, I think sometimes it's obviously easy to be distracted, you know, um, you know, in the things of the world. Um, but God, don't leave us on our own. You know, we want to. The thing this morning is, uh, it's a hunger and a desire that you can fabricate with anything that the world has to offer, but it's got to be something that you get from his word. How can we cleanse our ways? You know, you know I'll tell you how getting the word, um, they're walking and becoming more like God. He, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even remember. He put the word up, and it becomes like a looking glass. Did you do see yourself in the word? will speak to you. The word will talk to you. The word will bring intimate moments in your life. You will need the word of God. Um, we need we need that voice to speak to us. The invitation that God's offered to Moses gives us the same clear insight that who God was first. But he needed Moses to understand something about himself before he could even do that. In Exodus 3, if you go back to the beginning of the chapter, um in 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 verse three um but the lord it says now moses kept the flock of jethro and he led the flock to the backside of the desert so if that picture he's on the backside of the desert he came to the mountain of god and the angel of the lord appeared to him in that flame a fire out of the midst of the bush scripture goes on saying that the bush consumed was not consumed so when we talked about that earlier, if you, you know, can picture that, obviously, the middle of the bush burning and the, the bush, around nothing burning and disintegrating. Um, and that was the spirit of the Lord, obviously. They're the angel of the Lord. Um, and, and then it, Moses said, I will turn aside. I will see the great sight. God will go through great lengths to get your attention. And sometimes we're at that. We're at that place, you know, where we need that burning bush encounter. We need that firework to say, wake up. It's time. It's time to turn away from those things of the world. Um, he's trying to get our attention. And sometimes we need that encounter. I hate to say it, but and sometimes if we don't heed to the first encounter, guess what? It's coming again. Uh, and, you know, uh, I know a lot of times I, I pray for stuff and I ask God to speak to me and, and, and I want to hear his voice on different things. And in the past, I've heard stuff, and it's like, okay, is that me? Is that my flesh, or is that God? You know, we, we tend to reason with ourselves. But you know what? The next time it comes, when it, when God, and, and you know, maybe he speaks to everybody differently. You know, um, I, I don't know what that is for everybody. It might be, you know, in a quiet room, in your prayer closet, in your car, worshiping, whatever that is. But you know what? When God wants to get your attention, he speaks louder. He does to me. The first time I didn't hear it, I didn't turn away, I didn't, I didn't hearken my ear to him. But the next time I hear it, it's louder. And you know what the thing is, is, is I think to myself, thank you, Lord, for not giving up. He needed to tell me something. Guess what? I didn't get it the first time, but darn it, I'm getting it the second time, you know? And I think sometimes we we are like that. We, we say, oh, God isn't going to forgive me. God isn't going to heal me. God isn't. You know, He's probably tired of hearing from me. How many times do we get in that rut? You know what? No. this says, pray, pray without ceasing. That means without stopping. That means pray until that thing comes to pass. So you know that hope wall out there? He says it every week. Guess what? We're believing that every envelope is off of that. Off of that. And you know what? That's in God's timing but it doesn't mean that God isn't going to do it. That means that he's going to do it in his time whenever when you know, but he, we can't stop praying for that need and and believing for that need. I mean, it said, we already went through it. It says stand. What are you going to do the, when things don't work out? Guess what? We're going to stand. That's what he says to do. He don't say run away from it. He don't say deny it. He don't say, you know, he says, "No, you stand." You stand on my promises. And he will bring those things to come to pass. But we have to be rooted in him. We have to know who God is. We have to know that he's on our side. We have to know those things. Um, You know, a lot of times, um, you know, I I thought this was kind of funny. I was reading through um, different sermons, and, and they were talking about being a catalyst in a service. And I was thinking, catalyst, catalyst, what, you know, that's somebody that kind of, you know, kind of ignites the fire. You know, when Steve introduced me, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, you know. <laughs> Maybe I'm the catalyst on the basketball court or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, um, but anyways, but, you know, all joking aside on that, but when you think of our service, I mean, when I think of a catalyst, I'm, I'm thinking of Sharon. You know, Sharon in worship, she is a true catalyst for the Lord. She ushers in the presence of God. And I can feel it almost every week, whether I'm sitting back there or standing up here. And you know what? Because she's denied herself. She's denied herself, and she surrendered it all to the Lord. And you know what? And that is a a heart of worship. That's a heart of God. And you know what? It's not saying that any of us aren't like that. But you know what? If I went over there and, and, and probably pushed Sharon or nudged her, I don't even know if she'd acknowledge me when she's worshiping. She is in the true presence of God. She's ushering in that presence around her. And that's what we need to do. We need to come in here Sunday, man. We should be like, "Woo! We're going to the house of the Lord today! You know, how many times do we do that? No, we just get out of bed and go, oh my gosh, I made it. Oh, I, I got my clothes on and you know, but there's a bunch of things under the clothes and muck and mire that I just jumped in and I came to church with that, with me. That baggage I carried in here. We need to stop. If, it, if it's in the parking lot, I went out in the parking lot last night and prayed for the parking lot. That you would drop the baggage off of this property. That you would come in here ready to be filled by God. You know, and the thing is, is what is that? That's, that's just an act of faith. That's saying, you know what, God? place you know just like in the Bible when he said Jesus said to Moses going back to that take your sandals off this is holy ground this is holy ground whatever you come in here start dropping it off on the road we don't want anything on this property of God because this is God's time this is God's presence and we want to usher that in you know those things of the world throw them off surrender to God this morning you know, because he wants you to know who the great I am is. And he will go at any length for you to know that. You know, and I believe that, that he's not done with any of us. He's not finished with with whatever plan he has for each one of our lives. What time we got? Oh, geez. I'm going past Pastor Steve's time. Oh, sorry. I'm almost done. I'm really almost done. Um, um, but it <laughs> um, But anyways, we need that Holy Ghost, to just have an encounter with each one of us. And you know what? When you're in the presence of God, guess what? You don't even think of those things. Those things are, are vague. Those things go off. Those are off in in, in the distance. We, need a, we have a generation that, you know, is, is gone this way, that way, you know, there's too many, there's choices. And God will give you a choice to follow him. To lay down yourself and follow him. But guess what? He isn't going to do it for us. He isn't going to do it for us. He wants you this morning to make that commitment to Christ. Um, so if, if you're in this room and, and, you know, we talked about, you know, Moses. If, if God would come up to you, what would you say? What would you say this morning? Would you say... You know, who is your God? Are you going to have an answer? You know, um, or is it going to take something in your life to turn things around, to get your attention? You know, um, one last thing um, before I close here. You know, God says in, in that verse that he will be with us. He will go with us. We're never alone in this journey called life. You know, in in verse 11, as as some of us know, that we we know who we are. In verse 11, Moses said to God, it sounds like we've asked all these questions with words, who, and I, and am am this morning. But you can track a a few minutes here and just think, um, Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and bring forth the children of Israel? He goes back and, you know, God gives him this commission to do. Um, But God is with you wherever God has called you to go and to do. It doesn't matter who you are. It matters that you are right here and that you are mine. You know, the thing is, is if we turn from our ways and we hearken to the voice of God, no matter what we, we think we can't do in our, our own flesh, because we can't, but in the strength of the Lord, we can do all things. So if he's commissioning you to do something, to help somebody, to go pray for somebody, and you're like, I am not a prayer warrior. I cannot go pray for them. I mean, Pastor Steve has shared many times, I mean, a Dollar General, you know, he gets in his car and God tells him, Lisa's had this encounter before. You know what? God tells you to do something, guess what? He'll speak louder the next time. You better go do it. You might have gotten your car and got your seatbelt on, but God's saying, I'll buckle that. Go do what I told you. You know, and we've all had occurrences like that, but I think we need to be more aware of who God is, and don't limit him in those little things. Don't limit him to Sunday morning. Like, I'm guilty of that, too. Sometimes we get out of here, and I'm like, okay, check mark. Church is done today. Got that in. No, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be like, okay, Sunday morning's here and it's a check mark that I did my duty. No, I didn't do my duty because I came in here empty. I came in here with nothing to give to God. You know, whether I grumbled or complained this morning before I even got here. God doesn't honor that. He does not honor that. So you know what? I think we need a mind change this morning. We need a heart change. We need to know if you were asked, will you go? By the Lord, will you go? Will you go out of these walls? Will you profess my name? Will you tell them of me? Are we we ready to do that? Because it's a great calling and it's coming. And it's coming to New Hope. And all these churches in this area, and, um, you know, uh, with Pastor Steve coming back full time, you know what? It's only the beginning of what God's opening. And I'll tell you, as an elder board, when we we had that decision, and I'll tell you what, you're sitting there going, okay, God, we have like 50 people in our congregation, or 60. Okay, like, we got to pay this, pay, you know what? That's not for us to figure out. Guess what? We said, you know what, we're going to go, we're going to take a month, and we will decide, and we will pray and fast. Guess what the census was when we come back in a month, 30 days. It doesn't matter. We're getting out of the boat. You know what? If God is in it, nothing can be against it. Like, so you know what? And we did, and we're seeing the fruit of just being obedient. We're being obedient to turn away and, and hearken the voice of God. You know? And there's good things to come. Thank you, Pastor, for all you do. I don't know how you do it because I'm, I was stressed for one week for a month now. <laughs> but I appreciate all you do. Believe me. <laughs> um, yes, yes, give him a hand, yes. But um, so this morning in closing, we're going to have communion. And the altars are open. If, if, you know, if you're at that place and say, you know what, God? I, I've had many burning bush encounters. I've had that encounter that God's saying, wake up. Wake up. There's more to do. Let's not be comfortable where we're at. Because comfort don't get you anywhere. When you're uncomfortable, guess what? God's in it. God's in it. In every move. Was it uncomfortable not knowing? Not knowing a lot of things? I mean, he left the job with, you know, great insurance. And just, you know, in a nutshell, there was a lot of considerations. But you know what? He said, no. I believe the calling of God is now is now he didn't say it's going to be in six months he didn't say a year but you know what he heard the voice of god he had a month of praying fast as a family too and many of you don't know sometimes what goes on behind the scenes but you know what we believe when we hear the voice of god that we want to be a church that runs we want to him not away from him we want to run to him we want to see What he has purposed and planned for this community, for each one of us, for each one of our families, you know, we want to hearken that voice of God, you know. And if it sometimes it takes that, you know, hey, you know, wake up call, you know, but God says I'll be with you. If He's taking you to it, through it, He'll be with you. So we need to just remember that this morning, you know. Um, So I have one more. um, Well. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pray right now, and then we'll um, we'll go into communion. But if there's anyone here that doesn't know the Lord or just wants to rededicate themselves to the Lord, it's just between you and God. It's between you and God this morning. And all you have to say is, God, you know, I acknowledge that you sent your Son Jesus to die on that cross for me, for my sins, for. For, for Lord that I don't want to live in the past I want to live now I want to live for you Jesus Lord I just pray that you would increase the intimacy in those people and in your children Lord that have called on your name already as your Lord and Savior I pray that an increase of your power and authority to do those things that you've called them to do and lord i pray for even the young christians or christians that don't you know people that don't know you this morning i pray father god that you would just encounter send an encounter a wake-up call lord to them god because you love each one of us you love us lord so much that you gave your son to die on a cross and lord i pray this morning god that we would would, would rededicate, we would give ourselves to you, we would surrender our flesh to you, Lord. And Father God, that we would want that intimacy, that relationship, Father God. And Lord, I just pray, Father God, as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning, communion with you, Jesus. Communion to, to, to remember your true sacrifice, God, for us. And Lord, I just pray this morning, God, Lord, if there's a Moses here that needs to, to know who, who God really is, to have an encounter with the Lord, I just pray, Lord, right, for them right now. I pray, Father God, Lord, that you're saying this morning, Lord, that you have not forgotten. You have not forgotten them, Lord, that there's someone here that God is speaking to you right now And I feel like God is saying, I am not finished. I have just started. And you keep your eyes and your focus upon me. Lord, whoever that is, I pray that you fill them right now with your spirit. Fill them, Lord, to overflowing. Flow, Lord, through them right now. Lord, I just pray, Father God, Lord, that we would dig deeper, that we would have that intimacy with you, God, that we would want to know you Father God, deeper that we can go out and and profess your word to this nation. Lord, we forever praise you and thank you, God. Maybe that's you this morning that's saying, God, you know what? It's been a long time. It's been a long time, God, and I want to get back on the right path. It's not too late. It's not too late. God is saying, come, come, my children. And I'll meet you right where you're at. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for this time. We thank you, Jesus, for things that you are doing, things that you have done, Lord. And as we go forth, Lord, that that you would help each and every one of us, God. Just help to remember that you are God. You are with us You are for us. You're not against us, Lord.